tell you something i got the numbers wrong last time we're not covering match 125 today this is match 126 of our year-long dave melter five star but what it is if it's not unique in its numbering well all numbers are unique but you know if it's not special in its numbering what it is special for is its place in the wrestling firmament in 2019 and it is almost certainly the soonest the wrestling promotion has gone from creation to five-star uh, match. Simon, what are we covering today? Uh, we are covering a match taking place at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view event between a debutant in Cody, Cody Rhodes, um, taking on his brother, who has got a picture in his ass and it's looking all kinds of gnarly because he is the natural Dustin Rhodes and he has, like Cher, turned back time. He found a way. Um, so, And it's also obviously the first match for All Elite Wrestling, AEW, a promotion that was literally announced on New Year's Day of 2019. Madness. And they're just like, yep, yeah, we're going to go for it. Just all, uh, no, because hang on, was all in for when was all in then? Sorry, when was all in then? Uh, all in was I don't know because <laughs> all in was first in Chicago, but that was like a one off, it wasn't, yeah, it was wasn't pre under, the promotion. Yeah, all in wasn't under the um, all the all elite wrestling banner, that was its own event, but all in was on the 1st of September 2018. So even if we take that as the starting point, in less than a year's time, they're holding... They're all, they're, double they're making Big Dave just hit the max. Well, not even the max, the five-star standard. Is, the whole thing exists because of something that Dave Meltzer said in a radio, Wrestling Observer radio show. Just saying that another promotion other than WWE or something like that is not going to... Or saying that a show with Cody and the Young Bucks or what have you will not fill a 10,000 seat. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. In May 2017, a fan asked Wrestling Observer newsletter journalist Dave Meltzer on Twitter if Ring of Honor could sell 10,000 tickets, and Meltzer responded, "Not anytime soon." Cody took Meltzer's remark as a challenge and responded, "I'll take that bet, Dave." So it, it then became their own. Uh, it was like a partial Ring of Honor show, but it had other elements to it. Um, and they had New Japan talent and Ring of Honor talent and Lucha, you know, Mexican talent like Bandido, Phoenix, uh, uh, El Pento, Zero, uh, Sierra Miedo, or whatever he was called at this point. Um, all you know, all these different areas of indie wrestling coming together, or, or just non WWE wrestling coming together. And one of those people in attendance for that show was Tony Khan. And from there, you know. We got big Dick we Tony, like what you saw. Um, and so I should say, Big Wallet Tony. So this is what the fourth or fifth show that Ring uh, AEW have ever put on. Second pay per view. 
Yeah, um, they've done like a, a couple of like little tiny things, but this is like the, their big launch. I think the TV show had been announced by this point because the uh, main event was obviously for the AEW title and they hadn't announced a start date for the TV show, but we knew a TV show was coming at this mm. point. So, so this yeah, is this like their the, the arrival fourth, to the world. Yeah, this was the fourth event after Double or Nothing, which was the first one under the AEW name. Then Fighter Fest, then Fight for the Fallen, now All Out on the 31st of August. No, you've got Oh, gone sorry, wrong. sorry, I was talking about All Out. Sorry, <laughs> Double or Nothing was the second event. Yeah. Well, the first event under AEW, I guess, actually. So, yeah, yeah they're very But they've been like that show. sort of like predis- semi predecessors mm. thing, mm. sort of. So, yeah, this was all, there's all sorts of historical significance to it. Um, but also, what is crazy when you look at it, though, is who's involved, is Cody, a man who many people have always criticised as saying he basically just has three star matches, you know, if you want to get all technical and nerdy about it. You know. Oh, wow, you could say they don't think his matches are gl- um, covered in stardust. Oh, I'm currently being no-sold, listeners, because um, I don't... <laughs> There is no visual element to this, and you can't exactly see the death glares I'm getting. Uh, but safe to say, I'm being no-sold in the same way Lex Luger is. <laughs> With uh, Bruiser... When he uh, attacked Bruiser Brody in the cage that time. <laughs> Hello? I'm here. I just want <laughs> you to wallow in your own... <laughs> you dick! <laughs> You actually turned off the camera for that as well, you <laughs> bastard! Oh. and I'm back. Um, Son of a bitch! But to give another idea of, of how uh, crazy this match getting five stars is, on the other side of the ring is Dustin Rhodes, a man at that point. I'm just going to look up his age then. Dustin Rhodes at this point is. Like a fine wine or a fine cheese, just getting better and better. Dustin Rose at this point is 49 years old. Hey! Um, and literally more than half of his lifetime ago was the last time he was involved in a five-star match. I've just twigged that Chris Jericho is only a year younger then. Mm. That's mad. You don't associate them. Like you don't think. Well, it's because Dustin was basically in the spotlight from his first match, almost. Yeah. You know, within a couple of years of him being involved in in wrestling, he was you know on Royal Rumble nineteen ninety one, tag teaming with Dusty, and so he's he was only twenty one years old at that point, and a full twenty eight years later. Well, a year after that, he's in a five star match at the age of what twenty three. And then 9,869 days later, he's in his second five-star match. Again, I said this in the previous episode to give you an idea. Our previous five-star match, Bandido and Will Ospreay, both of those men were not born at the time Dustin Rose was in the uh, Sting Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance Steel Cage War Games match. And and it's not that Dustin... You know, Dustin hasn't been living a Ryan Giggs lifestyle in the <laughs> times in between then, you know? Well, it's not shagging Cody's wife. Well, you know, everyone's... Um, <laughs> ah, you nearly. Nearly got you. <laughs> um, 
But what he has done is... I'm sure he would if he could. Um, <laughs> uh, but what he has done is reinvent himself and mould himself into something different and also shake off those demons to where he is at this point. Mm. And it's not like he wrestled a lazy style of wrestling. He's had... He, I mean, his bump card is pretty much full coming into that match. And, and that is part of the story of this match. This is the, you know, it's a generational brother versus brother matchup. Is this the only brother versus brother match to get five stars? That I Brett believe Owen, so. No, Brett Owen steel oh, cage match at, rest, yeah. at SummerSlam. So it's only the second steel cage, the only the second brother versus brother. If you brother. do really want a first, it's the first American brother versus brother match. Because obviously Brett and Owen are Canadian. Wow, it's a place in American soil. Brett Hart's half American as well. I think they're both half American because their mum's American. Oh. So. Oh, well, yep. Yeah. But still. What, so what this is also is... um, uh, It's the early groundwork of what they're obviously envisioning AEW to be. And it's a fusion of a few things. It's It's got that indie wrestling inspiration. I mean, bloody hell, Dustin breaks out a code red at one point. Um, but it is also... A lot of it is clearly inspired by the old Southern wrestling wcw and even more like the mid-south and the crockett jim crockett promotions nwa and also another reason that they were making it clear that they're a bit different is the fact that dustin bleeds buckets in this oh match. jesus is the goriest match to get five stars i think since brett versus stone cold at wrestlemania 13 Definitely. The only other, actually one of the only other matches I can think of with blood before them was the Kenny Omega Chris Jericho match at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, uh, you've had accidental blood in the Osprey Skull match uh, yeah. that we keep we always allude to, and a little bit of that in the uh, again accidental in the Shibata Okada match. <sighs> that was the least of Shibata's problems. Mm. Um, but he <laughs> he juices a gusher as it and uh, gets to the point where you're not sure what's the the half of his face that's painted red. You're not sure if there actually is any red face paint left at that point. Well, the commentators go with that, don't they? They're like, well, it's hard for the ref to tell what's blood yeah. and what's not. Yeah. How do you feel about it? We're in 2019 and we're witnessing, like I said, self mutilation. It's what that is what it is fundamentally to in, for the means of entertaining us. In the words of Russell Crowe. Take that, and don't make me throw another telephone at you. But also, <laughs> are you not entertained? I I got to the point where blood was being... I think blood was being used for blood's sake at one point. Yeah. And oh, this is going to sound so weird, because I am talking about a man cutting himself. You're right, as it's called. But less is more, and absence does make the heart grow fonder. And used sparingly... I have no problem with it because the they're consenting is, adults. Obviously. Will it be used sparingly? We saw blood in the Moxley Omega uh, Moxley Omega match, but that couldn't was avoid that with what they were doing. Blood because of what they were doing to, them. and it wasn't like like a cut on the head too. Yeah, and and you know they're deliberately they're doing the classic thing when he gets cut, he he's down on the mat, he gets speared by Brandy to allow him time to work over his cut so that when he comes back up, the blood's now starting. It's flowing. Yeah, it's not trickling. And, you know, all those classic moves. I... Um, but I think, here's the thing. Without the blood, I don't think anyone gives this match five stars. I think you... I've, I'm 
I completely agree. Because it gives that emotional connection to the audience. And that's not me making a criticism of it. That's not me saying there is nothing to it. I'm saying that the blood is what pushes it to that next level. Yeah. Blood does have that effect, uh, Mm. both accidental and purposeful. Um, If you look at Becky Lynch's uh, bloody nose, that go-home role before Survivor Series, that moment wouldn't have looked cool without her bleeding. Like as it would have looked cool, but nowhere near as cool. But that was accidental again, like you said. Yeah, as I say, but that, there are times where it does it. It can have an emphasizing effect. Emphasizing. When... Ding 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 ding. <laughs> but it's it it's imperative that um, deliberate blood is used sparingly. Obviously, accidental blood you can't plan for. So, what will be your rules if you were AEW? And it does. Uh, Cody bled sort of hard way, didn't he, at the um. Full gear show when he landed was yes. it hard way because it was you know uh, that was a Darby Allen chair shot wasn't it I think no 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 oh, when he oh. in the Chris Jericho oh full match. gear sorry yes yeah, but there was them the chair shot in uh, their drawer as well but that was more like the unprotected headshot thing than blood per se yeah. um, that's a bigger problem than blood mm. let, let let's not like split hairs if we're on the subject of self mutilation that is a far bigger issue um, I. I just don't want it to see a button that's being spammed. Um, wrestling's very contextual. So how, so how infrequent would it need to be to avoid you feeling like it was spam? It's hard because if you if you put an arbitrary... I don't know, talking about a, a podcast about five-star matches, but if you put an arbitrary number against a, a medium which is reactive, which is emotive, which feeds off the resp- live response it gets from its audience it becomes very difficult to gauge um there are exceptions i think there are exceptions where you can have blanket rules and i i, I am by and large okay with unprotected chair shots being a blanket no uh but blood i honestly think it's uh on a case-by-case discretionary basis but the feedback you'd get from the crowd eventually of just like oh, well it has less effect would hopefully give you the correct feedback to know when to hold back and when to hold forward. I I think it's great that they've got experienced road agents uh, in AEW who will have already had that uh, learning experience to hopefully go, well, here's where I come from. I've been in similar situations. It'd be good here. It'd be a bit gratuitous here. Mm. And hopefully, you know, um, pull the resources of knowledge to help them realize when to go with it and when to not. But it, it did like, I'm sure you agree with me that like, at some points, um, late nineties, early nineties, just excessive. Oh, just gotcha. I was just watching um, a video on wrestling with regret where he's reviewing survivor series 2003 and they have Shawn Michaels bleeding in the survivor series match where he's one against three, and then, like, literally in the same show, Vincent Mann against The Undertaker. Oh, oh, it's that one! Oh, Vince bleeds so much. And he bleeds literally off the first punch of the match. Yeah. It almost makes me think Ram Taker had a razor in his fist or something like that. Um, And you get some... uh, Did Shane get his testicles? No, no, that was... That's a different thing. Yeah. Uh, Just blood is a click... Because, like I said, I mean... Wrestling, I remember, I, I've said this before, like, there was that stupid, like, the secrets of professional wrestling, she's a stunt granny, and all that stuff. Um, 
that show, I remember watching it when it was aired on Sky One, and wrestling became more real to me in that show because I could figure all the things of, yeah, they don't hurt each other, or they try not to hurt each other, they interact with the referee and all that stuff. But then when I, that was the show that told me about blading, and mm. I'd always assumed that they had like a capsule of blood that they would wash over their faces, and that the blood was never real. So making me realise that they actually are cutting themselves and that blood that I'm seeing, or I've seen all those times in things like Hulk Hogan matches against Randy Savage and Stan Hansen or, you know, Bret Hart against Roddy Piper at WrestleMania 8 and Ric Flair against Randy Savage at WrestleMania 8 uh, and all the times that you'd see Ric Flair do it, really, and, and Dusty Rhodes, most obviously, that is... I think is the main reason why they do have blood in this match because the whole thing's meant to be a tribute to their father. Yeah. Um, that it it became more and made me feel more uneasy. Like the note, another thing that made me think I could never be a wrestler, even though I never seriously considered it. I was another thing of like I could never do that to myself. Yeah, and it's not really something they get taught. They just have to sort of figure out really yeah. a little bit. But I think they are sort They're of sem- sort semi of, not like but not like you know you don't practice today, blading. You know? Yeah, but there are yeah. some people clearly on the indie scene that actually enjoy it. You know, uh, well, different strokes for different folks for some, mm. uh, isn't it? Sometimes, um, I think. By and large, I don't want to like just focus purely on blood, but obviously no, no, because no, but it's just the like first. Said, the fundamental of the five star, I think, is in that blood, and yeah. that it, it, you know, it gushes. And like I said, it is a, it is such a star visual again because it hasn't been done that often. That helps well, it's, as well. It, it's in the blood, and it's Indeed. also in the way. <laughs> and this is a whole match built built around blood in in another way. There you go, and it's in the um the way that the the old gunslinger as uh, just steadfastly refuses to like die quietly yeah. and will hot fight to the bitter oh, end. Here's one for you. This is a better match than Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair. Although I know it's not a career, you know, Dustin didn't put his career on the line, but it is that same story of someone being, you know, trying to go against someone they don't even hate, like someone they yeah. love. But there, uh, but there's also that they they had to try and artificially, in a way, make it that they hated each other as well as loved each other at this point. Well, they 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 played upon Cody just like becoming a bit deranged with it all and saying yeah. like if he if he beats Dustin, he kills the Attitude Era. I don't know. And like like that's, uh, I, and I'm not sure either. But that was like his motivation. Yeah, I, I didn't buy that. As a note, they had to create a reason for them to have a match that yeah. they didn't have angles and storylines and everything and events to pay off. Um, it is difficult when you like don't have telly. And because, you know, Dustin, until like literally a few months, like weeks maybe earlier, had been in WWE um, working as Gold Dust. Although he had done that thing, what was it that he, he didn't paint his face half, but he did do like, he wrestled as Dustin Rhodes fairly late on in his run where he had the Gold Dust gear on but he didn't have the face painted that was the cody uh the stardust versus no, goldust figure wasn't it no 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 it was like him against someone else it wasn't cody it was a different thing i've no memory of that but i do i do i'm I, i'm sure it happened because wwe is mental um, well, no, I think that might have been something that he himself has to do. I can believe that. I can't remember who it was against. I'm, I'm partly thinking it was Bray Wyatt, but I don't think that was the case. It might make it make more sense. It makes some sense. Any, uh, anywho, anywho. Um, 
What do you make of the whole... Uh... Brandy? What do you make of Brandy? Brandy's interaction, yeah, I was going to say. Uh, um, it was interesting. It's like, um, I do enjoy Brandy as a personality. I still think they're trying to find the right role for her. And you do have to worry about the notions of nepotism and, and everything else. But she is clearly a great on-screen performer and just a lot of, on a very, very purely sexist, masculine pig basis, it's, it's, it's nice to look at her. But she's got a mean spear on her. I'll say that oh, yeah. much. Um, and she's got good timing as far as a valet manager goes. You know, like the only other person in recent years that's done that valet role as well as her, I think, was Maurice with the Miz. Yeah. Um, and like she, she could be. And both like, of those had like the husband-wife chemistry with yeah, their yeah, that charge. Helps. But also, she just. But that's like not giving her the credit of having that timing and knowing where to be and being yeah. a good performer herself. I mean, I think she isn't. She was an actress, or she tried to be an actress, or. TV personality, and that's what brought her into the WWE in the first place. Yeah, to ring announce. Yeah, yeah. Or was it in backstage interview? I, I don't know. It was one of. Them. She may have done a bit of both, but she definitely yeah. ring announced. Um, and and she's great at all that. And and you know, if they just had her be Goldust Dustin's valet, I could see her working as both a face and a heel perfectly. Yeah, um, uh, I I don't think I, they'll do that. I I I, I think they are. But I, I do think it's wise that she got ejected because it gave Earl Hebner a great moment. He did the twirly fingers. You're out of here! Everybody. Everyone pops for twirly fingers. <laughs> Guaranteed pop. <laughs> um, so I don't think she detracts from it, really. She's there no. and, you know, she just meant to be, you know, the, the, the nerds. Pre- pre- and it's the fact it's DDP that, like, I know he's already yeah. got the role as pit boss, but it's the fact that it's obviously one of Dusty's. Uh... Again, it's the whole family, yeah. family affair thing because obviously DDP had been one of his corner men when he was in all in it for the NWA World Title as well. Um, uh, yeah, so I've got no real problem with it at all, and it also the the early interference it's reminiscent of the WrestleMania Ten ladder match as well in that it then forces Cody to be a man of his own thing. Because, again, that was the thing yeah. going in that he does act heelish at the start. Um, uh, he does, And he does try to get into Goldust's head and he does the Stardust pose after doing a leg trip on him. Uh, like, mocking Dustin, essentially, by doing yeah. that, though. Um, and a little slide will, nod as one well. One thing I will always say about Cody, he's made everything he's been given work as much as it can. And he reinvented himself to the, the likes of which you've really only seen guys like Chris Jericho and um, The Undertaker do as well. Like, if you look at all the different versions of Cody, there was, you know, hard work, like almost young lion esque, hard working, wanting to make a name for himself, Cody, starting out against Randy Orton and then moving on to working with Hardcore Holly. Then Legacy Cody Rhodes as, like, the, the team member and, like, accomplice to. Randy Orton along with Ted DiBiase. And him and Ted DiBiase had some really good matches against Shawn Michaels and Triple H that really should have seen them get pushed up to a next level. But then they sort of got sacrificed to Randy Orton at the WrestleMania on that show and didn't do anything with them afterwards. Then he reinvents himself as Dashing Cody Rhodes. Uh, Both versions of that, you know, the the, uh, ridiculously over-the-top a uh, vain one with the paper bags and everything. Then the ultra melodramatic Doctor Doom, you have scarred me, sort of character. And I then, love that. And then turning him into sort of 
50s Hollywood leading man with his pencil <laughs> moustache. You know, he got fans chanting Cody's moustache. <laughs> and then what? Team then, Road Scholars. Yep, yep. Tagging with Goldust the first time around uh, against the Authority. You know, that match with the Shield is a great Ooh. match. Like, and, and that's like genuinely where... probably one of the best WWE, if you don't count NXT, like Raw or SmackDown matches of the decade, I think you could put in. Yeah. Like, definitely one of the best tag team matches. And that's where you see their talent come from, because Dusty is phenomenal in those weeks. And it's just a sign as well that they could get such a reaction from that crowd, and yet the McMahons never gave them the chance. So this is them striking out and proving what they can do. You know, like he says, you know... The, the, there is more than one royal family in wrestling and, and in destroying trying to destroy it didn't quite collapse the way I think it was supposed to Yeah. although it was a bit on the nose and I wasn't, no pun intended with Triple H as well but um, I don't think it needed to be done and again it's a sign of oh yeah, they're, they're treading that fine line of self indulgence yeah and like you know and again like they're, they're get they're like cody's allowed himself to have a chair shot to the head he's been in a match with blood he's done all those things in two three four years time five years time will he allow a match between two guys that he, they yeah. brought up will he give them all the same opportunities that he gave himself even if it runs a risk i'd like to think so again um i do think the exception to that will be chair shots to the head i think the whole cte thing is mm. That. But, um, let's also just talk about Dustin's work in this match as well, and the fact that he can go at that pace, and even even the lockup, the very first lockup. I remember seeing him like footage of him talking about the importance just of the lockup and the headlock, and you can see how hard he's working from that, even in like a training exhibition. And yeah. you see, it, like that was an incredible collar and elbow tie up right at the start, you know. There's, there's venom so much, in it. Yeah, there's so much intensity to it. Uh, it's it's his agility more than anything else. Like, mm. A man that age shouldn't be that agile. Although and he does have some awkward moments, like when Cody tries to throw him into the ring and something doesn't go quite right, and he's yeah. he's essentially meant to sort of do a six one nine, isn't he? Sort and it's not like and it's not like the code red goes perfectly or anything, but it's just in a way that imperfection works within the story itself that he's pushing himself beyond his physical limitations to try yeah. to keep up with his younger brother. And then there's just those great, and then when he does have that great come, those comeback moments, like when he gets the weightlifting belt and pulls down Cody's tight trunks and just smacks his Spacks bare him. ass. Yeah. Beautiful. That's, that's the moment where it's, it's sort of like he's channeling his dad, Dustin in this. He's, he is playing the, yeah. uh, there's that uh, like famous like moment. Everyone says where like the son surpasses the father and, that's like a, a, a psychological like moment in mm. people's lives, and Dustin's having to step up well, and do they've that. They've also implied so much about the Goldust character has been about him dealing with his father issues in a very different kind of way, like oh, very they, different way that they didn't talk to each other for yeah. years. How much of that's true? How much of that's exaggerated for fiction? You know, how much was Cody there? How much was Dustin there for Cody when Cody was a kid because they didn't grow up together? Cody is the notion of the spoiled child and Dustin is the one that had to, you know, as an eldest brother, we do have to deal with some of the bigger mistakes of parents compared to what the younger ones do. They're the ones that get to watch the horror videos at 12 because the parents can't be asked to, you know, try so hard. Anymore, <laughs> you know? We were, we, we're the pathfinders. Mm. 
the icebreakers. Yeah, we're the pilots season. The, the, the trailblazers. Yeah. You could say he was an American hero. Let's not go that far, <laughs> Um. So, yeah, there's... um. There's also references, obviously, to Ric Flair, and Cody is almost almost Ric Flair-esque at times as well, especially when he puts on the figure four leg lock. Oh, this shocking do... blonde hair. Yeah, yeah, and the blonde... Well, obviously, that's as much du- Dusty Rhodes as well. Like, that was the next... That was, like, the Cody on the indie scene. That was his mo. Like, when he switched to blonde hair, that was like, okay, perfect. This is perfect. Um, and also, when he... Um, uh, early on in, uh, I lost my place. Oh yeah, when Cody um at the start is sort of being very arrogant and showing that he's quicker than got D- Dustin, but Dustin's able to then surprise him with a few moves himself, and that sends Cody to the outside, and he's doing the classic heel powder, you know, Pat taking a powder. But yeah. what I also like is, like I said, there's a weird thing with with Cody at this point because he is working company babyface this match heel. But at all in, he was the babyface against Nick Aldis, and yeah, the, the, he had this weird uh, double identity. It's kind of similar to what Triple H was having with NXT against what he was supposed to be in the feud with Roman Reigns and the like at the time, or yeah. uh, Angle and Ronda Rousey. Um, and again, like Cody, there is there, you know, Cody is going to be the Triple H of this promotion, um, but he's going to try and not do some of the things that Triple H do, but. But, you know, and his dad as well, you know, would always have a... I mean, there are already people conspiracy theorying, like, because uh, Cody wasn't on screen for one AEW episode, and that was the first one that they lost in the ratings to NXT. <laughs> and it was like, he knew what he was doing there, you know. But, um, yeah, but also I like when, when Dustin does start bleeding, there is a moment's hesitation on Cody's parts. You can see it in his eyes. It's like, oh, has yeah. this gone too far? But then it... The, then the, the 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 blood feud, you know, the competitive Nate, the competitor reawakens. Yeah, it's. I do love the fact that both do we like like each other's uh, little drop down. Like, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a Rhodes trademark as well. Yeah. Like, they're they're doing that. It's sort of like ownership of those moves. Yeah, they're doing like trademark moves of each other. And like at one point, Dustin does the crossroads to Cody towards the end that gets a really long two counts. Yeah, but like Cody, Dustin's doing such classic babyface. He even does the slapping the mat to try and will himself back up, and you know, collapsing due to blood loss and everything. But, and uh, missing with his punches. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Or, or when he goes for the power slam, but you know, Cody's stopped the movement, but he just—it's just utter running on instinct. Like maybe yeah. he doesn't even know what he's doing. He doesn't even see it through because he can't. The blood is blinding him. Can't maybe. really can't. see. And Jr's doing great classic. I don't know how can how can he keep going and all that sort of stuff. You know. So I'm good. And I, didn't, I don't have to say I didn't hate the the super quiet guy. I don't think he made a detracted from it but only added to it yeah but some people were really harsh to that dude i this match specifically i can't remember him doing anything like exactly. really annoying yeah, yeah. but how, when i watched the pay-per-view in its entirety i did it by the end of it fucking hate him <laughs> but, uh, but, I, but we are talking about this match in isolation so i'll yeah. give him a pass was dustin trying to do um was Dustin trying to do a Spanish fly at one point? Right at the end. Um, When Cody catches him with that sort of mid-air crossroads-y thing. Cody, char- Cody hits him with a bicycle kick and then charges. And 
Dustin, I think, is trying to do his version of a Spanish fly at that point. There is a mid-air somersault thing that Cody's doing and Dustin's doing something completely different. Quite possibly. Uh, Mental if he actually did it, though. Mm -hmm. God, could you imagine? It'd be beautiful and weird in, like, equal measure. Mm. Like watching your nan do a tequila shot. Mm. But yeah, they're just like you say that the, the, there's there is that where they're different and where they're similar, you know. And so they do each other's moves, the crossroads and everything. Cody hits a low blow disaster kick in the crossroads for himself. Then Dustin hits his crossroads. They're both on their knee. They're both doing trying to fight back slugfests. Um, they both, you know, at one point Dustin does this funky like a monkey going for the bionic elbow, and, and Cody escapes that. Uh, they both do the drop down uppercut thing. Like Cody does it first, and then Dustin hits him back with it. Yes. Yeah. Um, both beautiful moves. What I right. love though, the finish is Dustin slapping Cody, but Cody in that moment being able to turn it into a vertebrae. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, that's that. You talk about moves where like there's no, there's no real nice way of landing. That's definitely one of them. That just Although, looks. Cody horrid. did do well where he landed first. I noticed. So that Dustin would have time, because like yeah. I'm not a fan of that move anyway. It's too too many variables. And then he hits him with the crossroads, and that gets the three count. And then uh, there's another recreation after that where Cody does turn face and says, "I need my brother," yeah. which is a callback to when Dusty asked to be Dustin's partner in the War Games match. I'm not asking for a handshake. What I'm asking for now is a hug and a kiss. <laughs> I don't think Cody goes that far, but you know. No, he does do that uh, little voice wobble at the right moment. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, Cody knows how to manipulate an audience. He's he's getting the chances that Vince never gave him, and they're really on his terms. Like if Cody can't get over now, he can never get over because uh, he's and, and he's over. You know, he is. He is one of the hot things there. Um, the Cody of Four or five years' time, especially the Cody that retires and goes into a you know a managerial role, will be interesting to follow. But you know he is following in his dad's footsteps. Uh, Dustin, how much longer do you think he should go before he retires? I was saying to you that um, if you want to look at potential candidates to dethrone Chris Jericho, I don't think Dustin would be a bad choice whatsoever. You know he never won the world title, did he? So this is yeah. like his one <clears throat> final hurrah. You would have to do it in a way where it wouldn't feel so obvious that you're doing that. You know what I mean? If people go, oh, well, they're just doing that because. And I, I do don't think, think people would mind I... that because you could tell that was what they were doing with like Kofi Kingston recently. You know, no one was upset. You could tell the whole story was building up for him winning it at WrestleMania. So they weren't upset that they did that. And it was fun. No, I think a little bit of that was also getting to see Daniel Bryan play the the other side of what he did four years ago. That Yeah, of course, of course. Always loved But it was him. more Kofi than Daniel. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but Daniel played a great foil. Yeah, yeah, Daniel was fantastic as that. Especially when you consider that he's never going to be an intimidating monster heel, you know? To circle back to your original question, uh, I think Dustin would... I think it'd be great, but as I say, you'd have to do it right. And I think yeah. one of the handicaps, not just Dustin, but any of the elite that become champion first. Um, well, that's why they've all been losing probably too much lately. Yeah. Um, I think they've got it right with Cody and the Bucks. I think the Omega thing, it seems like they're going to into a losing streak thing. And I don't know if you can 
how long you can do that. Well, we'll hold off on talking. That's not what we're here to talk about, right? I know. It's what we're talking about. about. But the, so again, sorry, I got off track for a second time there. The first member. Us. <laughs> the first member of the elite to be AEW champion will have a added hurdle of having to come o- overcome that cynicism that will be inherent of, oh, it's their promotion and now they're the champ. Well, you know, that's 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 something we don't need to worry about here. They got yeah. the match that they'd always wanted. Well, they got more than the match they could have hoped for, because Vince was never going to give them this match. No. They'd wanted that WrestleMania match, which they didn't get. They had a very underwhelming match. At Fastlane. That seemed to have, like, a screwed-up finish to it. It was really yeah. awkward. And you wonder how can they have that match and then this match. But it's that thing of, like, I guess figuring out what can they do within certain limitations. And here it's like you literally have no limitations. Yeah. Bleed buckets for all we care. All right. Than, I didn't mean that than, much. <laughs> rather than following instructions, they're writing their instructions yeah. as well. So, Simon, does this match get five stars from you? It does. It's great storytelling, pure and simple. Uh, not quite for me. Very, very, very high ratings, but not quite the five. Uh, I respect I, that. I, I, could, I, I respect that. I think if you looked at the body of the match itself, there's some awkward moments. And it is, I don't feel comfortable with blood being the one and only reason that something could be a great match. And like I said, if you took the blood out of it, it wouldn't be a five-star match in my eyes. And I think if you took the blood out of the Bret Hart, Stone Cold Steve Austin match, you could still have as great a match. Because you can buy passing out from the pain without blood loss necessarily. Yeah. It helped it, but outside of it, it's still five stars in my eyes. Whereas I wouldn't say that for this match. It's still exceptionally good, but not five stars good in my view. Okay, no. Um, again, it's it's one of those things with blood. Uh, you it's it's a marmite thing. You either like it or you don't. Mm. I think. So, Simon, what can people do if they want to get in touch with you about all the things they love about blood? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free. Uh, free for the number of times I've had to try and remember what my blood type is whilst I'm doing this little bit. Well, you literally gave blood recently. I would have thought you'd know that. I know. It's so positive. Mm. Oh, positive. That was great. Have you ever seen Craig Ferguson? He was interviewing the model Miranda Kerr. Um, uh, very, obviously, attractive woman. And at the end of it, she was giving her, like, they were, like, looking at fruit in a fruit basket. And she was saying, oh, this is great for your, your blood or something like that. He said, do you know what blood type you, you are? And he says, uh, no, I don't. He says, do you know what, what you are? She said, I'm an A. I'm an A positive. And Craig just went, <laughs> yes, you are. Oh. <laughs> he makes it work. I don't know how he uh, does it, but he makes it work. Uh, if people want to get in touch with me, my name is Lorcan Mullen. That's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for Artery, N for Nicked. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterbox. Do you put that gmail.com at the end of it? That's my email address. If you want to get in touch with the show, it's Pod. At gmail.com, LMTYSPod is also our Twitter handle. Simon, we're out of AEW, but we're not going to New Japan yet, like you'd expect. What's our next match going to be? Uh, so, it's a bit of Return of the Mac. Um, it is! There you go. Uh, as Johnny Gargano is now playing the role of defending champion against Adam Cole in a pure and simple to quote um, hearsay, um, singles match. Well, we'll be here for you, ladies and gentlemen, for that one. But there's nothing to say for now except 
My name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five-star bloody good time. Until the next time.